Hello, and welcome to episode two of Knocked Conscious. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Josh Pachinski. I hope you enjoy it, and here it is. I'm really interested in hearing about your story. I mean, you reached out to me, and I, I'm familiar with SEO, but I was really f- interested in the philosophy, and it looks like there's like a little bit of headbutting going with certain search engines, correct? Yeah, yeah. So... um uh, search engine optimization is how I pay the bills. Uh, and basically what I do is I, um, I reverse engineer Google's uh, search algorithms and I run what's called SEO university and I, uh, students enroll and I teach them actually what Google is doing to rank web pages, which is very complicated. And they're, I mean, the, Google has some of the best programmers in the world, literally. There's, these are people with two PhDs and a postdoc, and they could have worked anywhere, and Google snatched, snatched them up. So these are some of the best programmers in the world. And so we're, we're trying to reverse engineer what they're doing there. But sure. uh, that's what puts food on the table. Uh, what my real passion is and what I went to school for was, of course, philosophy with a little bit of neuroscience and psychology uh, uh, baked in there at the uh, PhD and master's level. And uh, the reason you might be asking, well, why, Josh, then do you do SEO? Uh, it's because nobody wants to pay a philosopher for, for his opinions <laughs> yeah. unless you're teaching. And I don't particularly want to teach in, in, in Canada where I am right now. Or starting a podcast. Yeah, or starting uh, a podcast. Exactly. No, you, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm even worse. I just, I'm a vagabond guest who goes on different podcasts. <laughs> I, I don't even have the responsibility of having my own podcast. <laughs> well, that's, that might be, that might change for you. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, actually that's, that's not true. Now that I think about it, I do have a meditation show that I do. It's, which is a, it's a one man show though. It's on a podcast. It's on YouTube. It's at Bach meditation, B-A-C-H meditation. And please of course, share that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the SEO, uh, uh, I've been doing an industry-specific SEO uh, video podcast for almost 10 years now, and that's that's how that goes. But it's yes, very interesting. Yes, I, I looked at that, yeah. It's very interesting being, uh, you know, uh, uh, known for one one avenue, one shtick. You know, oh, Josh, he's an SEO guy. And my TED Talk is on the future of Google search and ethics, and so I was able to take my Google knowledge and my uh, pursuit of philosophy and ethics and and uh, meditation and put those two together. But right now, as I mentioned, I'm really trying to focus on on meditation and bringing meditation to the world and and educating people that meditation has a rich history both in the West and the East and it's what the world needs right now to heal. Uh, we were earlier talking about this uh, Corona this Corona thing and I've come down. I think well I haven't been tested, but I think I've come down to coronavirus. The symptoms I'll check out. And so we've all been stuck here in our houses. I've been sick for off and on for the last two months, and I'm really trying to turn things around and uh, uh, get this. I'm hoping that this pregnant pause in of humanity can also be a pregnant pause for myself, and we can turn things around and turn towards the light, so to speak, and uh, start becoming more enlightened uh, <laughs> with, with with meditation. Enlightened without being woke, I hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's a. <laughs> It's the yeah. woke uh, problem, right? Well, that's very interesting, you know, because yes, and that's exactly what we need. We're, we're so tribal right now. The far left is way off on the far left and the far right is way off on the far right. And mm-hmm. people in the middle, such as myself, I, I don't know about all yourself, of us. But, Let's be honest. All of us in the middle. <laughs> well, Come on. How, it's, it's like it's, three people on the left and four on the right. And that's about, <laughs> that's about it. it you know? Yes. The, the sides are getting so polarized. It's hard not being statistically in the middle because how could you – you know, it's very difficult to come out on way of those far ends, but that's, that, that's 
speaking exactly to your point, that's what we need right now is meditation. Yeah. Uh, and we need, we need the, uh, the enlightenment that's involved in meditation to guide our wokeness, right? There's right. it's, right. it's perfectly fine being a social justice warrior as long as you're truly just <laughs> the second that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a cost becoming, of others though. You know, it's the whole, uh, you know, go ahead. Sorry. On either side, on the right or the left, as soon as it turns into revenge, or moral indignation, or just tribalism for the sake of tribalism, then we've already failed at that point. Sure. Right? So, yeah. Well, I I follow sports a lot, and I've found the SJW route a little challenging because you want to respect people's individual rights and how they identify themselves, but you also want to be fair in certain competitions. So I see, you know, transgendered uh, fighters. You know, they're thir- they're males until thirty. And then transgender to a female and they beat the crap out of some woman who's been, mm-hmm. you know, a woman all her life. So, but you know, that's yeah, how it that's, is, right? That's tough. I don't know if I have a particular view on that. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that gets to be very difficult. There's that's, that's a whole. Yeah. yeah I think I it's I just, thought- we want to be fair to everybody, right? Let's, let's just be fair. You know, that's, that's what we should be. Well, that's that's the problem, right? And as as Plato right. says in the Republic, everyone's definition of fairness is different. That's correct, right? So well, we we all person, have a different environment that we grew up in. I mean, they're all different, you know. And that's again coming back down to the to the anchor that's going to anchor us for our for our morality. That's going to tell every all the woke people, all the social justice warriors, all the people on the right, all the tribal people, all the people who think it's perfectly fair that I can just chemically change myself and compete in this different arena versus right. all the people who say, you know, not fair. I've been this the whole time. You're, you're, right. you're a poser. You're whatever you're, you're cheating. <laughs> you're getting in there. There is one principle that guides all of it. And it's Plato's conception of the good. All of this is actually, interestingly enough, we didn't plan this at all. Interestingly enough, everything we've been talking about comes out of Plato's book called the Republic, uh, where he unveils uh, one of the books where he unveils his concept of the good. Uh, his form of the good, they call it, or the, the edos, the idea of the good. Uh, and uh, the, the general rule is, as long as it's maximally positive for everybody involved and no one's harmed, that's the, that's the, that's the North Star, so to speak, that we have to point our ship towards, again, sure. to use a platonic metaphor, and, and sail yeah. towards. So if I was to take that concept and take it back to this, this interesting uh, transgender thing you said, is that you know, it, the, the fighting is difficult because uh, I also have three black belts, so I can actually kind of talk about this, which is nice. weird. We, what, we are you, what are your this disciplines? Yeah, not uh, at all. What are you, uh, we have, we've never spoken before, so no, <laughs> we a, certainly couldn't uh, This play is a this. very weird, a very kismet first conversation. Well, the, the, second I, the second I looked you up, I knew uh, that it, this was going to be very more philosophical, spiritual, uh, esoteric, but deeper in a way. So please continue, though. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 that's what I would try, and because that's what I think we need right now is is es- more esoteric and, and deeper. Uh, but anyway, so to answer your question, uh, two types of kung fu, and the third black belt is in the Filipino martial art of uh, of Arnis. That's the Spanish okay. name for it. Uh, I've done a little Krav Maga, but never to any real competitive level. Okay, yeah, no, Krav Maga is great for self defense. It's that's the Israeli Special Forces martial mm-hmm. art. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I've I've looked at what they've done and borrowed extensively <laughs> for some, right. some of some of my postures. Uh, uh, anyway, so would your how how much in depth in martial arts would your viewership like to hear? 
Oh, we could talk about anything. So if you're interested in speaking about it, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for is to get and understand who you are. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, it, it's difficult that the idea that, uh, you know, it's not just weight classes. I'll, I'll sum it up. Really Certainly quickly. not. Certainly it's not. not just technique weight is everything. Right? There's technique weight, is everything. Yes. Sure. There's weight above the hips and there's weight below the hips. That's true and, too. Yeah. Right. Your center the, gravity, the, right? Uh, yeah. The breadth of the shoulders changes the physics of the punch. So it's almost not like, is it a man or a woman fighting? It really, if we're, if we're going to go there as a society, we really have to start measuring the, the shoulder width and the, the ability pound for pound, how much PSI can this person exert through a punch or a kick? And that's what the, the, the quote unquote weight classes should be. Quite frankly, the weight classes are nothing but a, a rubric to try to approximate the pressure that the, each body could put on each other pound for pound. And well, that is very interesting. Let me let me ask let me ask you something. Have you reached out to Joe Rogan at all? I think he'd love to have <laughs> you and talk uh, about this. This is uh, this is the first I've heard of how how to de- describe you know not weight class but the way I guess is physique or technique or physiological well, it, shape or te- technique has you know there is a technique that would be appropriate for the physique. So so the Chinese okay. have all kinds of way of punching from the hip because uh, because that might. Uh, in, uh, that that suits a different body type better, right? As opposed to the Western, more Greco-Roman style of punching, which flares the elbow out and comes up from the shoulders and twists at the shoulders and the back foot comes up on the toe, the standard boxer uh, uh, overhand right or, 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 or straight left or straight right. For sure. I get, I get what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. So what I think if the if if if, uh, if old Dana White there truly wants to make it fair and wants to have a quote unquote female fighting a male or a male fighting a female or whatever because at this point gender is 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 nearly meaningless yes it, it, it doesn't really matter at that point you need to test all the fighters how hard can they hit yeah. and then you need to look at the skull density of each fighter how much can they take <laughs> you literally make a ratio saying okay this person has a skull density score of eight, but this person's punching power is a nine. Therefore, that's a different class. We put the skull nines with the punching nines. We put the skull eights with the punching eights and so on and so forth. And that's how you make your classes. And then it doesn't Very matter. And it doesn't matter what they have under the hood because you're measuring the exact thing that matters anyway. The reason why heavyweights are so dangerous is, and I'm 250 pounds, and not of muscle, mostly of fat. <laughs> but, I've but been there. I, I was up to three yeah. bills, so I know what you mean. When I strike at somebody... You know, all I have to do is graze them slightly with all that weight behind my strike and and they can get knocked out if they're much lower weight class. That's why they have weight classes. Otherwise, uh, the the heavyweights would just be punching everybody, knocking them out, even grazing them and knocking them out. Yeah, it's all momentum and everything for sure. Right. Yeah, it's it's mass, the mass and the mass mass is heat, which of course. So that's my answer to that question <laughs> is, is how you would, how you would fix that next. Anything else you I want like me to it. solve? <laughs> no, that was perfect. So what, like I said, it was, it was definitely the, I guess the feel of what, you know, the message that you're trying to send, you know, there are powers that be behind the veil, so to speak. Right. Uh, making things happen. Yeah. Well, of course there is. Um, and this, this is a tale as old as time, really. It comes back very interestingly uh, back to Plato and the classic period of philosophy where they were seeking excellence. They were seeking, and this is in the West and the East, right? Lao Tzu, uh, Confucius, uh, you know, the I Ching. Uh, the East and the West are going about it in slightly different ways with slightly different uh, philosophies. But in some major ways, 
mostly through Buddhism and probably through merchants traveling the Silk Road, there was a huge parallel between the East and the West of seeking excellence. You know, what is good? What is justice? What, what is love? What should the proper, what is the best political system? They had, the human species had gotten proficient enough at staving off death that they actually had some civilization that lasted for a while, you know, 5,000 years ago to, to 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, interspersed with terrible wars and terrible famines and whatnot. And they yeah. actually had enough spare time to sit around and think, hmm, are we doing this the right way? You know, they could poke their head up and start actually asking these deeper philosophical questions. They could start meditating on the deeper philosophical questions. And that is the key there that I talk about in my philosophy is that the West has had meditation. The East has had meditation. The East has more of an emotional meditation with incredible brain hacks and incredible tricks in the Eastern meditation of mostly the Buddhists figuring out how to take direct control of your brain by taking your imagination or other, your visual spatial uh, uh, machinery and forcing that against the limbic system, for example, in certain techniques. Whereas the West they went a different route. They went more conceptual. They, they started thinking in ideas and forms and what is logic and what is math and what is science and figuring all this stuff out. And But they would talk about meditating on it. Uh, Descartes' book, Meditation on First Philosophy, literally has the word meditation in it, right? Right, for, absolutely. For, 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 so that, that's, and they had the Sufistic, they had Sufis, they had, the, that's more uh, uh, Al-Ghazali, they have the more uh, Arabic traditions in there as well, of course, the great philosophers of that tradition, Al-Farabi, and uh, Ibn, Ibn Yaksan, so uh, it was written by Ibn Tufiel, if I recall correctly. Um, they they merge both the East and the West in very interesting ways. And so you fast forward to Machiavelli and, and Bacon in around the sixth, 15th, 16th century, and that's at the turn of the modern period. And the modern period said, hey, guys, that's great. Yeah, cl- yeah, the classics, fantastic. Yeah, okay. E- excellence, lovely. We're dying out here. We have crazy psychotic princes that Machiavelli wrote in The Prince that are, you know, like like Game, <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones psychotic. Right. Yeah. And Bacon is saying, you know, um, we have diseases that people are dying of and we have no idea why on our best guess is the position of the stars last night. He's like, come on. This is the turn of the modern period. And Bacon, of course, said knowledge is power. We need the knowledge to turn, both Machiavelli and Bacon said, I'm paraphrasing, but very close to this. We need to turn our knowledge onto nature. Uh, we need to pin nature down. We need to understand it. We need to dissect it. And then we need to make a scientific revolution and that moves into the enlightenment of how to figure this all out. But at the same time, they realized something, getting to answer your question, believe it or not. At the same time, they noticed something very important and Machiavelli noticed it. And he, he called it the great and the many. And this is in his book called The Prince, which a lot of people read because of its surface level, like, you know, invite people to a wedding and then murder them. Like that's, that was Machiavelli. That's where Game of Thrones got it from, right? Yeah. Machiavelli was well known for his uh, tactics. I don't know what you call them. Yes. Well, of course he wrote a manual. He was cunning for sure. (laughs) Very. And he had good teachers, uh, sadly, good in the completely wrong way of using the word. Sure. Uh, Psychotic uh, Italian princes that, you know. (laughs) We're playing these political games that we just recently got to see in Game of Thrones and get reminded of. And yes, that's how shitty it used to be for everybody. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, let's not go back there, right? Yeah. Whether whether yeah. it's dragons and boobs or not, it's still terrible way of living. Let's 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 not go back there. And Machiavelli saw this was a problem too. Not only were our diseases a problem, but we had no political structure to control those who hoard, those who are ambitious, those who are psychotic, those who are violent and can't help but taking power versus the many who consume. 
and the permanent and universal human problem of how do we manage our our finite resources over Z over time. Right. And this has been largely the biggest philosophical problem that every philosopher and meditator, both East and West has always tried to, to solve is that equation of how do you control the, and they had different names. Nietzsche called them the strong, uh, Machiavelli called them the great, uh, and the versus the weak, uh, you know, uh, the Chinese would have said that's more of a yang feeling. That's more of a yang. We call them the cabal. Is that what, <laughs> is that what we call them? <laughs> uh, well, well, we, well, yes, because I'm, I'm going to get there. We're going to fast forward to to very Illuminati <laughs> kind of sentences in a minute. But, but really, that's the if you think about it, that is the permanent universal human relation. There's those who take power and have yeah. it, mm-hmm. and the rest of us. And it's how do you and 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 they and, and these philosophers argued and both East and West very interestingly. You can't ever get rid of that. You can't change that relation. A lot of the of the 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 time philosophers are saying we need to stop that relation. And other philosophers, I think wiser ones, have said you can't stop it. You cannot stop people from being doms and subs. You cannot people stop people from being dominant and aggressive and and ambitious Correct. and wanting yeah. more. Versus well, everyone that who is... just wants to lie down with a comfy pillow. And don't do me wrong. I love comfy pillows. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, right? But you always well, look, have well, to we, it... we evolved from greed. I mean, I mean, not greed per se, but we were animals and we had to fight for those resources because they were limited as well. Indeed. And we, and we still do, if you think and about it, it. And when we lived in groups of 20 and 30, it worked just fine. But when we got into 2 and 3 million, it makes it a lot more challenging, right? Well, indeed, of course, yeah. The 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 complexity breeds problems in in that. Regard. Absolutely, yeah. So and then so how do you structure your, ourselves? You know, as as Aristotle said, we are we are the we are the moral animals. We're the social animals, right? Uh, uh, we're the, you call it the, it's translated to political animals. I like to I like to call it <laughs> the moral animals because no, very few other, uh, arguably very few other species, if any, have a morality. Correct. Uh, yeah, and we can we can see, choose it at least as well. Yeah, and well, that's I. There's yeah. the rub, as as the bar right. would say. Exactly, because so, so, so the morality answer, is always there. It's whether we choose it or not. Exactly. So to answer your finally, in a very long-winded way, your original question. So you fast forward to now, uh, the hidden powers that are at work, the cabals that are at work. The rich has gotten so rich. I'm going to sound like Bernie Sanders. The one percent. <laughs> the one percent of the one percent. So yes. <laughs> yes. The one percent of the one percent are so rich now that that the 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 herd of us the many as as machiavelli will call us sadly have no way to exert very much pressure upon them at all they right. operated on a level so technologically advanced and and removed they own private islands which they can retreat to right. uh, and do whatever they want they can influence governments in any way they want and they have and, militaries at their at their fingertips as well. I mean, yes. revolt, revolt, pitchforks and torches work really well when all the other people have maybe swords and whatnot. So, <laughs> but uh, with, so. The, with the current military, I don't think you know. Even with our you know amendment rights, uh, right? We don't stand much of a chance if if that were to turn on us. Well, that's that's exactly the problem, and that's what drives me crazy it's on that particular point on the Second Amendment is. I get it. I, I get the, I get, I'm, I have three black belts. I teach people to, to defend their lives on a regular basis. If I was allowed to carry a pistol in Canada, I would, <laughs> for right. sure. you know, if I had a carry. And I own firearms. Carry, I do. Right. I own firearms. I'm not oh, going to lie. Sure. I, I have no problem with that. But the problem is, is the philosophical base of the second amendment has now been practically 
uh, castrated, quite frankly, in that right. any professional army that's worth their salt that's going to attack America, including the American army, if you're rebelling against them to control them, is so technologically advanced beyond uh, you know your your semi-automatic rifles and your shotguns and your pistols that you you have a cabinet of. Yeah, I don't know if an F uh, you know a Cessna 172 with a machine gun out the side is going to handle you know an F 22 or something. Uh, anything yeah. <laughs> a, a predator a predator drone some oh, kind of some kind of stealth drone eighty thousand feet in the air you didn't even see and yeah. and and nuked you from you know miles yeah. away right the, the American army is the most terrifying killer force ever constructed it's scary it's scary so yeah, so where so that, that, that the question is then where does that lead us right we still have yeah, the great the many and we've forgotten Machiavelli's warning that you need to have a balance between the great and the many. There needs to be a contract. There need, and, and everyone after that, you know, Kant, Hobbes, uh, Locke, everyone after that tried to formulate what would that contract be? And they all had different ways of doing it, right? For that, sure. Uh, 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 that got us into, uh, uh, you know, you know um, I'm forgetting, of course, uh, communism, the guy with the beard. <laughs> Marx. Marx, Marx, thank you. Of course, yeah. Marx. Duh. Uh, I was actually going to talk about the communism because, once again, communism these these pure philosophies, so to speak, work with a groups of twenty or thirty in a vacuum, but they don't work in mass, right? Well, exactly. Like we talked, Marx, it doesn't work to scale. It doesn't work to scale by any means. That's exactly it. And 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 all the philosophies failed were the ones the ones that failed the worst were the ones that refused to pay attention to Machiavelli and Nietzsche's warnings the most, that right. you need to have a satisfactory contract that keeps everybody doing what they're doing. The rich, you get to be rich and you get to get, you get to do your rich stuff fine. As long as you leave the society well enough alone that we get to have some slice of a good life. Right. But the more and more money they take, the, the more and more they take from the, the herd, the more and more they try to change the laws to their advantage, the more the contract and the, so, the social contract is out of balance. Yeah. And you're going to run into a French Revolution style problem. But the rich know that, of course, and not the petty bourgeoisie to use the, the marks, right? Not, <laughs> not the people who are millionaires. They're not rich. Even the people who have hundreds of millions of dollars, they're not rich. I'm talking about the 1% of the 1%. They're right. so, you know, I'm talking about this. There's have so much of billions. They don't even appear on the list. We think Jeff Bezos is the richest man on the planet. <laughs> He's not. The richest people on the planet don't, don't want to be appear on that list because they don't want to make a target of themselves. For sure. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and they hide their wealth. You know, Putin hides most of his wealth. There's some arguments saying that Putin is actually the richest person on the planet. He just hides so much wealth. You'd never know it. It's probably easy. Kofi Annan was up there, but I digress. Right. <laughs> so, so that's the problem, right? We're getting into sure. this scary area where we don't even know who the enemy is and yeah. we don't even know what their morality is. We don't even know what their ethics are. We don't even know what they stand for or what they're going for. There's some nice billionaires like Bill Gates who appears to be nice. There's some, there's some philanthropist billionaires, uh, you know, maybe, Bloomberg, but now he's disappeared. He said he would help us. Now he's disappeared, of course, right? <laughs> well, I've got a pretty big beard, so I've got a couple conspiracy theories about those really good, good people. You know, let's be I honest. Love, There's, I love, I love the equation of the beard side. <laughs> the conspiracy. <laughs> it's true. The larger the beard, the more conspiracies are hidden inside. It's like uh, crumbs when I'm eating. <laughs> right, so you, and you and you can you can eat them later and think about it. You can you exactly. can digest them later and think about it. I'm gonna get off this metaphor right away before I go. Too far. <laughs> well, it's pretty funny. I've got a I've got another uh, podcast called Beer Googles, and it's basically two <laughs> two guys who get drunk and look up random shit on the internet. 
and uh, <laughs> and our, uh, we're going to talk about conspiracies next week. So perfect timing to to talk about it. But we're not even going to talk about like we believe them. We're just going to talk about the ones that exist. <laughs> right, but anyway, right. you, you, so yes, yes, you're not, not going to admit which ones you you believe, right? So if I may, there's something about shadow banning I'm really curious about. Are you familiar with all the social media things that are going on with those types of policies and procedures by the larger people saying that they want freedom of speech and whatnot, yet seem to suppress yes. certain voices? Yes. Sadly, I know a lot about it. Could, um, could you expound on that? Because I, I'll be honest, I know of it, but I'm wholly ignorant to it. And I think that would be right. really interesting to people, to me, uh, that I know, because they don't even understand. My girlfriend was like shadow banning. I'm like, you never heard of shadow banning. You know, all of a sudden your views <laughs> drop and everything falls out. Right. So please that's, share with me that's that. That's the whole point. It's the whole yeah, point exactly. you haven't heard of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, see, and so the rich are brilliant, right? They, they, they've learned, you know, they're, they're not, they're not dumb. They're, they're genetically pretty smart to begin with. Otherwise they probably wouldn't keep their wealth and they've had very good education. Absolutely. Um, the rich they knows, have help too. Yes. The rich knows they have to maintain the, the, the appearance of gen- geniality and the appearance of the social constructs uh, still functioning. So shadow banning works on what are, is our new greatest commodity, which is uh, greatly oversold oil. In fact, oil is, they're giving it away now in the current. It is. Right? Well, they're giving away because they don't have a refinery to, to, to uh, refine it. I mean, that's where we're, that's where right. we're shorted. Nor on, places to store it. The exactly. Secret there that nobody knows is that actually the earth's oil stockpiles have been filled to the brim years ago. We have mm-hmm. more oil and have had for the last five years or so that we could ever burn and we could ever consume ever. There was a dying industry that knew it was dead. That was just keeping going for a little bit of time, trying to make the little bit of money left in it that they possibly could before they're all going to duck out of it and get into what I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> but the, 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 cause the, then we can go into conspiracy theories, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep this one non conspiracy. I'm going to guess that it's to, you know, they're going to find another way to fuck up the planet. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Uh, and that's yes. not a conspiracy, right? Let's be honest. Drilling is not necessarily the best thing for everyone. Yes, or or the solar system, but exactly, I agree. So, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, but shadow, shadow banning is a technique that the rich use. Uh, the, the the most rich companies now, which are data companies, Fang. Remember Fang, Facebook, yeah. Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Yep. Those are the comp- the most richest companies in the world that sell the most valued commodity in the world and the most ma- valued commodity in the world is you, your yeah. personal data, your personal habits, your likes, your dislikes, your buying history, AKA your data, your marketing data is the most valuable commodity in the world it is more valuable than oil because everybody yeah. in the world wants to use this information to sell to you better, to vastly increase their profits, to psychologically part of it. manipulate you. Yeah. And, and to get you to vote who they want you to vote for and get you to go to choose a side, you know, the, and to be divisive and to split us up. I mean, the more, the more factions there are, the less unity there is, the easier it is to control the whole. It's simple Bernaysian tactics. Edward Mm -hmm. Bernays was the nephew of Sigmund freaking Freud. Literally century of self, my friend, you think I didn't watch that? Are you kidding me? There you go. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to have a podcast about it. Yeah. Everything in that documentary is, is pretty much true. By the way, I had a professor who, who studied that specifically in university, showed me all the sources. As far Mm -hmm. as I can verify something, freedom, 
<laughs> freedom torches, my friend. Freedom torches, right? Yes. Women, uh, women in the twenties weren't smoking, so they called them freedom torches, and sales skyrocketed. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Exactly. It is just a. a, a it is the final extension of Bernaysian uh, capitalism yeah. that replaced the needs based uh, culture with a wants based culture. Wants based culture. That and, is and absolutely you know, correct. You know what, what is really interesting about uh, human psychology? When we're afraid or when we're angry, we make as it's not, and this is not rocket science. Anyone, when I say this, everyone's going to go, yeah, duh, of course. When we're afraid and when we're angry, we make more irrational decisions, most especially irrational buying decisions. That's when we buy more chips. That's when we buy, we hoard more toilet paper. That's when we go right. crazy buying. Because it becomes emotional. We are now in reptilian mode. We are no longer in exactly. conscious mode. Exactly. We're in this crazy fear based fight or flight, just. Precisely. Back to the wall kind of mode. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the neuroscience involved there. And that's exactly yeah. how I've developed my meditation system to combat that, that neuroscience there. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so it, it's all connected. If you, again, it's going to sound like a conspiracy theory, but it's not. No, it's just, no, it's, it's the no, way. The truth is the truth. There's nothing that can, can overlook that. It still is what it is. Exactly. It, 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 it's all connected politically, economically, but the key that is missing, and this is the single key that's missing. Frederick Nietzsche, 200 years ago, wrote uh, in his books that democracy was disgusting and I'm going to destroy it because it's ugly and I hate it. And that's where he gets equated with the Nazis and Heidegger picked him up and he gets filtered into that uh, that area, although he hated the mm. Nazis, but that's besides the point. Well, you know, Bruce Springsteen wrote Born in the USA and Reagan stole that. So, well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, let's be honest, things have been repurposed for the other side multiple times. Of course, that's, that's <laughs> the name. That's the name of the game. But right. but the most important Nietzsche, thing that Nietzsche did was to destroy us, literally to destroy democracy. And he's succeeding. He's, he's pretty much succeeded at this point. We're very, yeah. very close. Is well, he, look, Churchill said it best when he said democracy is the worst form of government except for every other one. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Well, it's I agree. True, I agree. There's some true statement to that. There's some truth to that. I, I agree entirely. And liberal liberal democracy, I think, rights-based, human rights-based democracy, I think is the most powerful, uh, uh, the best government we've come up with thus far of all those contracts that they that they they tried to do ever since Bacon and Machiavelli said, hey, we need to do this and make a contract it, yeah. between the great and the many. But the and thing that, that Nietzsche be. did, uh, yes. But the thing that Nietzsche did is a terrible thing. Nietzsche undermined our. He he invented. He we didn't have these concepts before. He invented the the concept of culture. He invented the concept of style. He invented the the, the concept of or really took Descartes' radical subjectivism and made it more artistic. And so that we think that truth is now subjective. We he totally destroyed the notion of moral truth and and said that it was that it didn't exist. It's complete your subjective opinion. He completely forced that on us, fausted that on us yeah. Yeah. in order to destroy us because he knows that if, if there is no moral truth, then we have nothing left but, as Hobbes said, the war of all against all. Well, it's going to be anarchy, right? Let's be honest. Everyone exactly. is an individual. Then, well, first of all, let's be honest. Everyone is an individual. So, you know, 7.7 .7 billion individuals are not going to come together on anything if they're all individuals to that extent. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's, sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, when you think about it that way, you're like, of course, <laughs> but, but I would, I would go one step further and say, but yes, of course, we're 7.7 .7 billion individuals, soon to be 9 billion individuals, but we all have social relations. We all have needs right. and wants. We all have hopes and dreams. We, do. we all have, we all have commonality and we have to remember that commonality and we have to remember what's good about it. We have to remember the good. And so Nietzsche tried to destroy democracy. He literally put Trump 
in in office as a president who denies truth exists and they literally used words like post truth it is it is nietzsche's philosophy nightmare philosophy come to full extent in full uh it, it, it completely out in the open uh brazenly claiming there is no such right, thing fake as fake news right fake right, news they, right they don't even believe in facts never mind yeah. moral moral truths which are more esoteric so that's, we can certainly and we can certainly talk about politics but real quick it didn't hurt that he was running against a dumpster fire of a candidate like no offense to the person, not not yeah. the party, but the, not no. the philosophy, but the person. No, I'm yeah. I'm I'm Canadian, so obviously I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly liberal, and I'll, I'll admit yeah, I'm nothing left- wrong with that. I love liberal people. I mean, liberal li- ideas come from liberalism. Conservative sits on everything. We too staunchy. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, well, sorry. <laughs> you you conserve. You conserve. Right. right? You, exactly. Right. I'm trying to. I'm you, trying to. You know, keep it light about the politics because the politics are so tricky, you know? <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is that every group conserves. Every group's a conservative. All groups conserve the norms they love. The question is, what norms do you love? Sure. That's the difference, right? As a material or is it, you know, philosophical or is it thought, knowledge, wisdom? Right. Yes. Yeah, is it community? Absolutely. Is it yep. community? Is it country? Is it is it right. Storga, right? To use the Greek yeah. uh, love of uh, uh, patriotism. <laughs> is, it, is it country, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So that's where we find ourselves, and that's why I'm I'm really trying to push uh, my meditation because yeah. it answers the question on all levels of what we need to do philosophically, psychologically, politically, ethically. It answers the question: What is the moral truth? The moral truth is the good. Plato had it 2,400 years ago, and we just kind of forgot it, and we subsumed it into different religions, and we forgot about the good, and we need to remember it now because. Now more than ever, our technology is powerful enough that if we haven't already killed ourselves with climate change, we are very close to killing ourselves with our technology, and we need to recover. We need to meditate. We need we need enlightenment. We need to re- re- rediscover what the the ethical good is uh, before it's too late. Well, that's a perfect point because one of uh, the whole concept that I'm talking about with the not conscious thing is just these ideas and thoughts, right? Uh, meditation is definitely definitely a very important part of doing that. But to your point, technology is fine, but it's the difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? We have the knowledge to use a a phone, but we don't have the wisdom to use it in a way that's encouraging to all that lifts everyone in a positive way. We use it to destroy in a lot of ways. And indeed unguided, we, we cannot do anything but destroy. Exactly. Right. I mean, we're the either, only either directly through destroy. malevolence, yeah, either directly through malevolence or just through ineptitude. Unguided, we can do nothing but destroy. Nothing but absolutely. Rest. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, the the human species is remarkably uh, adaptive and creative and everything, but we can destroy so much quicker than we can build. And it's, I, it's I, I just realized I, I didn't actually answer your question of what shadow banning was. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? This, I can answer that right now, and you can splice it back brain, in if you want. My brain goes A to Z to B to G. I I spe- I I always have an open, free flow conversation. Let's get back to it. We'll talk about it now. Um, sure. But, so just just uh, to I make like sure it you- open like this because I it gets to understand you as a person. You know, um, everyone has their own personalities and everything, and I want I want people to understand who you are. Well, thank you. So <laughs> I'll try to. I'll try oh, let's to, start with what exactly is shadow, what exactly is shadow banning, Josh? Please tell me. So the the rich elite that I mentioned before, the Fang, the Facebook, uh, the data companies, 
Uh, every rich group has known it, through history that you, it's propaganda. You have to control the flow of information. The truth is exactly what Nietzsche did. Uh, and so uh, that's the first form of power. Sun Tzu himself, the the, the author of the, yes, uh, the Art of Art War, of War. Mm-hmm. knew about propaganda uh, and knew about uh, how knowledge is power, uh, again, using the Bacon quote. And so what shadow banning is, is, is just the, um, it is uh, the, the surreptitious censorship. So it's censorship you don't know that's happening of, of the other, of those people who are saying things that you, that do not cohere to your, to your uh, program of continuing to be rich and to get yourself richer. So Facebook uh, and, and to a lesser extent, whoever is causing trouble for you in that particular, just a headache in that day. So right. shadow banning is a banning a person or silencing them on a particular platform of which now all of our communication and commerce occurs, I will remind you, without them knowing they've been banned. That's yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. So and- it's, it's censoring them without them knowing they've been censored. They're beaking off in, in, in the wind thinking that they're waxing philosophical and, and helping the world. <laughs> But in, in truth, no one's ever heard them. There's there's Zarathustra on their mountain who is who's might as well not exist. It's it's a digital murder, is what it is. Right. Their ideas, cancel their culture, philosophy. Right? Exactly, exactly. Their ideas, their well, cancel culture is another way of trying to control. It's another way of doing it. Right, right. But you know what Everyone I mean. It's 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 a control. it's it's a shadow, it's a behind the way of you know, behind the scenes way of doing it. Right. Everyone who is an actor or player in this 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 masquerade tries to control the narrative to their own advantage or to their ethical standards. The question is, what ethical standards do we have? And we're dovetailed back to the ethical standards, right? right. That's, yeah. that's how you get the rich and that's how you get the great and the many. That's how you get the strong and the weak, to use Nietzsche's terminology. That's so how you get t- everybody to be on the same page of what we should be doing, of how to manage our finite resources. They have right. to be educated to the good and they have to, in this case, meditate. Yeah, I'm, I totally understand that. And and what's interesting about this is too, I'm I'm kind of a, I'm fiscally conservative, but I'm socially progressive. So I like my money, but I also like that people who have ideas and create things should obviously do better than people who just consume. Correct? That's a general philosophy. I don't know if I would agree with that politically, but I don't I don't okay. know if my I don't know if not my agreeing with that right. is required for the conversation. No, not oh, not at all, not at all. All I was saying is that you know we talk about you know Google say or Twitter or something. Oh, freedom of speech, but it is a company that they do have their terms and conditions. They're allowed to have that. However, where I stick is I feel like that should be treated like a natural monopoly more than, you know, the way a business, the way they run it. Right. You know, like a utility company. Well, of course it Uh, is. It is a monopoly and you're exactly correct. It is a utility. Everyone uses the internet to communicate these days. The internet is the, the communication mechanism of the species and the, the commerce mechanism of the species and these private mm-hmm. for-profit companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter to a much lesser degree, Twitter, but Google and Facebook mostly uh, Amazon uh, is kind of the, uh, not in this group. Apple's to some degree is kind of in this group, but not really. So mostly Facebook and Google who yeah. get to censor the truth entirely. They tell us Absolutely. what is true. And if you think for a second, they do not have an agenda in telling us what is true. You're crazy. Of course, well, that's they have what's an funny. Agenda. That's what's funny about it. Can you share about that documentary that you that is it completed or is it? Indeed, I, I filmed the documentary. And it's okay. called "Don't Be Don't Be uh, Don't Be Evil." Google Secret War. Okay, real quick, if I may, that was one of the that was one of the first things that I saw about you when we when we connected, uh, or that I looked up, or the trailer for it, 
And I literally in January, I registered my car and I got the license plate. Don't be evil as a total <laughs> thumb in the nose of, of that, right. because they took that out and you know, all that. So right, right. Yes. share about that, share about all of that, because that's, that's really interesting to me. And I don't think everyone understands, you know, everyone's so free to give their security or information away for these conveniences, but they don't understand that underneath that underlying control that you speak of. Well, indeed. And so, and and they pay for it. Everyone pays for it. Uh, but it, just the question is how, uh, let me tell you. So the documentary was Don't Be Evil, Google Secret War. I did finish it. It cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. Uh, and just, I chickened out. Just at the last moment when I was going to, you know, try and get it, it uh, sell it to a major publishing company, a major production house, and get it, you know, writ large put out there. Uh, I received some messages, uh, let's just say, from the grapevine that Google does not want me to do this. <laughs> and, <laughs> wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, wait. Well, hold yeah. on. Time out. No way. Surprise, they, surprise. Uh, yeah. They didn't they really care. They don't want you to dissect their, your, their veil. You don't, they don't want you to dissect their company. Okay. Of course not. For and, sure. And, and my, I don't my believe, income. I don't you, by the way. That's fake yeah. news. That's fake news. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, fake news, right. Uh, no, it's, it's well, that's the problem with fake news, right? You don't know if it is. So right. everyone make up your own opinion after doing your own research to see if it's true or not. But remember what research truly is. It's it's not just reading some webpage written by somebody. It's, it's, it's reading uh, sources that look like they've studied it in a rigorous uh, fashion. For sure. Uh, that's the problem is that we're also uneducated is that we, we, we can't, uh, truth is like a bar you have to pull yourself up to. Literally, we're so weak educationally, we can't even do that. So that's that's how the rich really have taken over the world, is that they they eroded education to be the laughingstock that it is uh, today in in uh, around the world in general, but in North America in particular. And we're so weak uh, in terms of veritas that we, we can't even get up to the standard. We don't even, anyone who says anything to us and we're like, really? Okay. You know, like we don't, we don't even know how to verify statements anymore, but right. that's, that's an aside. Um, so I, so the long <laughs> story I digress. Is, no, <laughs> yes, I die. This is, this is nothing but a, a series of digressions, but with, with a common theme, but the documentary, uh, so I, I, I did, I put it on iTunes. Uh, it's there as far as I know, I haven't looked at it for years. I gave can it up be on purchase. That, uh, it can be. Yes. As far as I know, I, okay. I, I well, still just, in it case still be on wanna, iTunes. Wanna I'm going to check it out evil, as soon as we go back. Don't be evil. Google secret war. And if they've taken it off of iTunes, I haven't maintained it. I haven't looked at it. I kind of, I have to admit, I was fairly crestfallen. Uh, uh, and I was interested in other projects at the time. I thought, okay, never For mind. Sure. This is yeah, what I, I did last year. You know, I, I have a bit of that, uh, in me, like, like I have a big grandiose project and then, then next year I can be like, Oh, here's my next grandiose project. Right. So, so that's, that's what I did. Yeah. Way. That's what I did a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's it's a great documentary. However, the, the argument is great, and, and the argument shortly goes like this: is that everybody knows that Google does uh, shadow banning. Everyone, uh, in, a, in an effect, everyone knows that Google controls the world's information, and that the world uh, that Google can say whatever they want about anybody they want. They can put your dirty laundry on the front page of Google because they want to. They can they can uh, both both for people and for companies, and they can change the truth. They they claim to have uh, standards. Uh, of what the those truth that truth is going to be, but at the end of the day, it's their subjective opinion as to what is ethical or not, or what should be on there or not. And they're human beings, and they have their biases. They are left left leaning Silicon Valley, California yeah. company, just Absolutely. like any other company that has their their leanings. You know, Dana White, yeah, they're his parked, way. Park all the way, Palo right. Alto, right? So so um, uh, but it's not only that problem. 
people don't realize how much they have actually inter- gone into more of the Amazon route and intercepted uh, commerce because everyone right. forgets about the information gathering process before commerce. Right. They Absolutely. decide they decide what is a valid business or not. They decide who gets to make money on the internet or not. They decide who gets to be part of the buying process or not. Yeah. Remember 10 years ago when you do a search for plaid shirts and a whole bunch, maybe even more than 10 years ago now, maybe maybe 11, 12 years ago now, you do a search for plaid shirts and a whole bunch of mom and pops in your area would pop up selling mom Absolutely. and pops plaid shirts. Yeah. If they they went shirt, away. Just yeah. so you know, Josh, I, I actually uh, was AdWords certified for a while. So I work with a company <laughs> that, so I'm familiar with like Google AdWords and things like that. If that's kind of what you're implying or inferring or. Well, it's, it's one of the ways. Yeah. That's, that's one of the ways, that, right? You pay, pay, to, pay, per click, you pay to be at the top, right? Right. That's where it goes. So, Versus so your organic search. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, uh, their CEO at the time, uh, name escapes me. I'm, I'm having a, I kind of think of name days. I'm not going to say douche McDoucherstein, but is it something <laughs> like that? Does it sound something like that? Uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, just no. kidding. Everyone. I'm just uh, kidding. Uh, uh, Eric Schmidt was okay. the CEO. He was a CEO of Novell networks. And then he was oh, Novell. <laughs> Novell. Yes. Yes. There's okay. a blast from the past there. Yeah. That's wow. And then he was a CEO of Google for a while. And he said, and I quote, brands are not the problem. Brands are the solution. Brands are how we uh, clear out the cesspool of the internet. So <laughs> he literally said that anyone who's not a big brand is part of this quote unquote cesspool problem. Right. And not the solution. Right. It's, it's again, the rich protecting the rich. It's the, it's the, it's the big boys club. And so when you search for plaid shirts now, now you get Walmart, you get whatever big brand is in your particular area. Right. And they made that conscious decision to do that. And uh, hundreds of thousands of people lost their jobs. Hundreds of thousands of businesses went under because they completely relied upon the information flow that comes from Google. Yeah. And this so is you, so you were in this. That's, I mean, you were in that's this what SEO, right? Yes, that's what. The, that's why I made it because every right. week I had people emailing me, crying. They're, I'm losing my business, Josh. I don't know how to optimize for Google to be at the top like I was. Uh, you know, and it's it's I'm, my argument is not that. Oh, it's uh, these poor people deserve to be number one. I don't know who deserves. No, no, not to be at all. One. No, no one deserves anything. You earn it. Like well, no one deserves. Exactly. I mean, other than that, your personal individual human rights, no one yeah. deserves anything. Right. That's not the point. The point is, yeah. this decision should not be left to a private for profit dictator. Oh, absolutely. Whoever, no matter how benevolent you find the dictator to be, even if we agreed with every single censorship decision they ever made, and they censor a lot of good stuff that, that, you know, well, bad stuff. They goodly censor a lot of bad stuff like child pornography and people's credit cards that actually Mm -hmm. go online, et cetera, et cetera. Even if we agreed with every single decision the benevolent dictator makes, they're still a dictator. Uh, Yeah, right. Exactly. And the second they turn to not being benevolent anymore, we have no recourse to stop them. You know, and and I I believe, I believe, it's our humanity that got us in this because they marketed us perfectly. I mean, it yes. was our our self vanity with yes. the whole social media. They just we gave we just gave our stuff away hand over fist without yes. a question. Yes, we did. And people think using Google is free. It's not free at all. It's people think no. using Facebook is free. It's not free at all. Oh man! Do you think those corp? <laughs> so you talked about AdWords. So AdWords right. is the and- advertising platform that Google increasingly forces more businesses into. And it has a bidding system that increasingly makes the bids per click even higher. So oh, no. basically, as you well know, basically how it works is that a business gets on there and they bid five bucks to show up at the top of Google. But if someone mm-hmm. bids 10 bucks, then they're going to show up. 
So that means you yep. need to bid 15 bucks. You could show up over them. <laughs> and that increases over time. The, 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 right. That's called cost per click to get traffic yeah. off yep. of Google to your website. And the CPC cost, the cost per click cost, well, it's, it's better than oil now, right? It's, it's, it's goes up increasingly over time. And now it's ridiculous. Some lawyers I mean, pay. Five years ago, six years ago, I saw in the even hundreds or two hundreds for certain trigger words. I mean, it was it was already it had already been a runaway train at that point. Exactly. Yes, that's just what I was about to say. Perfect. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. No, That's that's you're exactly right. Some lawyers are paying two hundred dollars or more per click, just just to get a visitor on their web page. And Google just it's called the Google tax, and Mm -hmm. Google just silently siphons all this money in, uh, and. and, uh, and and who do you think that that cost gets put onto? Do you think the CEOs and the share? But that, that, that's for everybody, not just lawyers. That's for every store in America. Right. And do you think Absolutely. every store in America, the CEOs and the shareholders take that hit so Google can have a cut? No. They put all the small mama pups out of business and then they all they all agree to raise their prices to cover the Google cost. So Google gets more and more money out of us. They get more and more money out of us. Uh, you know, uh, that's the name of the game, right? Facebook right. is the and, same thing. Facebook is not an interesting to use. Yeah. And it's interesting, like Amazon, for example. I remember when Amazon launched here and the draw was lower prices. So they drove everyone out of business, out of their more brick and mortar stores. And for example, Barnes and Noble is a great example. I heard that Amazon wants to open bookstores now. Yeah. So they, yes. they, they drove everyone in that market out and then are going to just replace the market it's of course very interesting so so they own the market and they, right. they realize right. these digital companies google owns the market amazon yep. owns the market apple owns the market and the prices Microsoft aren't exactly great anymore it's just the convenience of nope. you know free prime one or two day shipping that's great and don't get me wrong the business model on its own great you're, you're providing a service and whatnot but the way that happened was a little scary and it was not really watched too closely, I think, or monitored. It's or not watched at all. The, the gray hairs in, in government don't even understand it. <laughs> they, they, you can't Good explain point. it to them. It's the perfect heist. It's yeah. the perfect heist. The police don't understand the crime. Yeah. <laughs> they like don't even have, the, yeah, they don't even have a name for the for the murder or the crime or the, right. the you, perpetration. They, they don't even get it. Like they're asking, they're asking, they put data, whatever his name is, Zuckerberg up there. Oh gosh. Like, like an Android, and, and they're asking him basic like it questions and i could see him rolling his eyes and i'm kind of like yeah well suck it zuckerberg you deserve it but, <laughs> you know, facebook is not free to use all you, you pay you pay at the store every dollar every cent that the store every store any store needs to to spend on on the platform because the the rich own the internet which was supposed to be the World Wide web is supposed to be this free democratic thing yeah it's free to put information out there but they own the platforms that the internet run on the the internet no one accesses the internet anymore. They access Facebook, Google, Apple, right. Amazon, or Netflix. And that's what they access, right? Or you know, and yeah. there's, People would argue, oh, well, what about Twitter? What about this? Yeah, there's small <laughs> other ones, that, but they all are just as bad and follow the same rules. Well, they do, for sure, without a doubt. They're all trying to be the big shark. Like, like Just because yeah. you have a bunch of sharks in the water doesn't mean capitalism good. Well, I was, a degenerate, I was a degenerate poker player. Did you ever watch the movie Rounders? Oh, yes. Yes, I have. So, you're talking about like all these guys, these poker professional poker players sitting at a table. This fish comes in. They're like, we're all piranha. We're not going to eat each other. We're going to eat the thing that just came and then we'll go at, we'll go after each other, but we're going to easily take the low hanging fruit first. Right. Why, exactly. You know, why, why would we take chunks out of ourselves? We can, to- there's so much to choose from without that. Exactly. And so 
Uh, and that's the, the rich have gotten together and thought, you know, okay, we, we see this, we see this relationship that Machiavelli made a set up. All right. Okay. We're going to, we're going to manipulate it. We're going to hack this system. And the, the herd is going to be the many, I mean, none the wiser. Uh, and, uh, we, we are slaves. We are slaves. We're willing slaves. Yeah. We, we, we gladly fork over our information. We gladly let them know all of our secrets and foolishly thinking that it would never be used against us in the future. It's being used against us right now to psychologically manipulate us to buy more stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Absolutely. it can be used against us in, in even worse ways in the future. Uh, you know, they, they this coronavirus thing has made them actually think about tracking everybody at all time and and removing to, paper currency. Yeah, removing paper currency. Right. Yeah. That's once once all currency is digital, one. then it's yep. even easier for them to get their we percentage out of it before you fucked. even yeah. everybody were fucked. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yes, oh yes. So I mean, the, that is the terrible, terrifying way it's going. So yeah. let me tell you about the solution. I've hinted at it a couple of times. And the thing is this, is that this is all what Nietzsche wanted. Nietzsche wanted to destroy our, our, our society because he thought it was woke. He thought it was, it was, it was smarmy. He didn't like Democrats uh, or, or democracies, people who live in, in democracies, he would call them Democrats. And that's all of us, you know, all right. of our empathy, all of our pity, but, but also all of our patriotism, all of our, yeah. all of our chest thumping, all of it to him is is gross. Stick my finger in my my mouth. I'm going to puke. Uh, yeah, because so, it because it includes emotion. I believe you know. What I mean, it's that it's there's almost stoicism works to an extent, right? It's removing you know yes. going Vulcan, going yes. Vulcan, right? Talking That's, about logic versus that, well, close, close. Nietzsche, yeah, because yeah. it's so uh, obviously self serving and childish. Right. That's why he found it gross because he was a very deep thinker, of course. So yeah. anyone who's puerile, he'd be like, oh, it's puerile. So that's why he tried to destroy it. Not that, not that he ever argued convincingly that being a, a genius was any better. No, actually, <laughs> there's a problem with some of that. He, 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 and he never even tried. Like, that's, that's the joke. That's, that's yeah. the tongue-in-cheek joke. He knew this, right, of course, because he right. was a genius. He spoke right. like 18 languages or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he died of syphilis for crying out loud. So, I mean, there's there's no more banal way, uh, more puerile, uh, uh, pedestrian way of dying than a syphilis. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, I don't. Uh, maybe although they, although they claim it was tertiary syphilis, but uh, you know, I'm I'm not really sure. Anyway, I, look, uh, that's a podcast for another time, my friend. <laughs> it is. So know. here's the solution. He removed morality. We need to add it back in. But the question yeah, is, absolutely. Okay, the question is, whose morality though? And it can't yeah. be a tribal morality. It has to be a morality that has some incredibly impervious things that the human species has never discovered yet. How do you make a morality that is impervious to splintering, impervious to tribalism? Right. You what can't is, splinter well, from Christianity to, to Islam and then fight. It cannot, right. it cannot splinter from the Josh group and the Mark group and then we fight. Which well, what, to what be, you're asking is what is the one common thing that we all are that can keep us together? Right. That's basically what you're asking. Right. And, and it's not my answer. It's Plato's answer. And Plato said, it's the good. It's our concept of value. It's our concept of importance. It's our concept of, of positivity. That same concept, that feeling you get when I say, hey, better yet, let's eat at the Thai place because then Melissa can join us because she's gluten intolerant. And we all get that good feeling when someone says, better yet. Oh, I know. Better still, that feeling of positivity and joy you felt, a tiny little bit of it. I hope that people feel when you say something like that, when they perceive part of the good yeah, is, is that's the concept. And that's why we need to meditate to, to get at it. And it, we need to uh, put it out there in the world and, and person by person by aggregate, we need to tell everybody, both those who cannot help, but hoarding and 
hoarding the power and those who can help, cannot help but consuming en masse, both groups need to be completely inoculated with this. And so yeah. we all have an understanding of a common ground we can talk about. It's, it's, I don't, I, now I've got to be careful because other people have tried, right? Every moral system right, is an interpretation of the good. So, well, the one thing that gets me really quickly, if I may, is like the one tribe that we're all on is humanity. I don't understand. It's so simple to me. And I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a simple person, but <laughs> uh, humanity the most- is the one binding tribe. We are under the tribe of human. I don't understand why we need to do anything more than that. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree with you. Uh, and right. sometimes the simplest solutions are, are the, the right one, the best <laughs> one. But just to play it's devil's hard, advocate. It's hard to put a label on that, isn't it? I mean, it's really hard to Just to play that. devil's advocate on that Nietzsche rich side, they'd say, oh, how pedestrian. I'm right. better than you. I'm rich. I, have a born, mm-hmm. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Jared right. Kushner literally believes he's different than you. He does not believe. I guarantee to you, some rich snob like that, or or sure. like Jared Kushner, or someone like that, he literally would would snicker and Mnuchin. They would literally snicker and laugh when you said we're all in the tribe of humans. They say, "Oh, isn't that nice?" You yeah, know? that's what you then pat me on the head, right, and give me a lollipop and tell me yeah, to go away. Say, go go, go pay your Google tax. Uh, yeah, um, exactly. Web, you know, <laughs> so I so I can get my cut because I have shares in Google. You know. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so uh, sadly that one. Once we start talking about humanity, even if we can get everyone to believe it, which we can't, and that's the, which that we the point, can't, we which cannot. is the point that Machiavelli had that smarmy uh, liberal democracy. We're all human. Isn't that lovely? They don't care about it. They don't care about rights. Not, not every society uh-huh. believes in human rights. You can't get everyone believing in it. We hold these truths as self-evident. That's where we failed. You cannot hold a truth as self-evident. It has to be self-evident. The good is the good. That is yeah. self-evident. There's no breaking that. Yeah. If it ain't good, then it ain't good. That is self-evident. I don't have to hold the, it as self-evident. But is there a philosophy? Is there a challenge in f- different philosophical ideas of what good is? I mean, is can you really break that down into other people saying what Plato says is good is what different than what Machiavelli might say is good, for example? Right. Right. Um, so that, that makes it more challenging. I mean, well, well, actually, no. Know, actually, no. Because that's. That's where the mistake has happened, right? In trying to interpret the good. You don't interpret the good. You just read the good. The good is okay. the good. You know, if someone's yeah. being harmed or hurt, that ain't good. Well, we know, yes, we know right? that is not good. Yeah, I, I completely so there, understand. Some people are devoid of that understanding, though. There's our goal work. Either, either we try to achieve optimality. I can mm-hmm. say it in different words. Oh, yeah. Either we, either we try to achieve optimality or we don't. We can have well, I think, the, I think the effort about getting optimality, that's right. different, right? Absolutely. Either we I are think the all, effort to do it is is the important part for sure. Either we all agree that we are we're seeking nothing but idyllic optimality, or we don't. And once we all agree that we're seeking idyllic optimality and we're trying to organize everything to be ideally optimal in the in the scientific sense, but also in the in the spiritual sense and, and, and in every possible sense, actually. Once we agree that, that the good is our goal. That mm-hmm. green area where everyone is maximally pleased, maximally positive, maximally helped, and absolutely no one is hurt. So we're still in the green, so to speak. Sure. Absolutely. It's high, I mean, it's high very, up in, very Sam Harris talk, I mean, in a, in a certain way. I mean, if you're familiar with Sam Harris. You know, I, I, I've heard that name. I've heard that name. I, I've, I've, I've done my master's degree. I've done my – well, I did most of my PhD. I'm, I'm all but done. I'm, I'm a couple of years out. I'll probably never finish it, quite frankly, <laughs> because I don't want to teach – I don't want to teach in a university. No. Uh, 
for a number of reasons that I, that, that I don't want, we well, don't want to do another don't, hour on that. Jordan Peterson 2.0. Is that what we talked about before? Or is that, uh, I don't remember um, that name. That wasn't me. I don't think. Uh, that. Well, he's a Canadian uh, professor, right? Professor in Canada. If you're familiar with Jordan Peterson. Not. No. Oh, not. okay. Nowhere. We'll move forward. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, I love the. Well, what I was going to say. Part. What okay. I was going to say is that yeah. So I've been in my cave, kind of coming up with with meditation, coming up with these philosophies of, of what you know. Bing, the daylight comes on. This is how I, this is how we save the world. Sure. And mm-hmm. I've come out of the cave. I'm like, blah 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 blah. Like here, here it is. Yeah, I love it. And yeah. I really don't know any of the other players right now. Like, I know the historical sure. ones and the major ones. Oh, I don't no, know right. any of the other bit players like me <laughs> who are. Yeah, who are, absolutely. I believe I have an answer here, you know, and maybe we, you know, you said that our philosophy sounded similar. Yeah, in a way. Absolutely. About, well, just what good is, right? We're talking about that concept of what good is. Right. Well, then maybe you know? Mr. Harrison, I need to get on the same page here. I, I will say, I will say this though. It, I, there are, there's at least one human of this seven plus billion that thinks that beating someone is not only not, or not, not good, but actually fine or acceptable or positive right i mean there there are some people wired differently regardless they're a percentage of a percentage right yes yes of course and so, so those let me ask you this your philosophy you know the the meditation philosophy i'm just curious for you what's the percentage of people who jump on the good train what at what point do you think that we are all kind of like you know how there's the herd immunity right when are we going to have herd wokeness or herd enlightenment like what percentage would you say i i think and i write this in one of my books so i've written two books oh okay please share tell me about the books so you can neither are published i have i have two word documents sitting on my computer that are called books (laughs) (laughs) one is called one is called the zombies and then the other one's called the good or dow agathos Okay. So one is about the 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 negative argument, so to speak. One's the positive argument. Mm-hmm. One's the uh, compare and contrast to what exists now and showing how it's wrong. The other one is just a straight. Uh, here's why the good is great. Do it. And in in, in the zombies, I argue uh, to convert the zombies to humans, uh, we need. I, I I speculate we'd need about thirty three percent. Okay, uh, one in three absorption. One in three, because once we have one person in every work group of three saying that's suboptimal. How do we do what's optimal? How do we do what's idyllic? And reminding people that the concept of the good exists, that idealism exists, that optimality exists. And why do you do it? Because it's optimal. Why do you yeah. see what's idyllic? Because it's because idyllic. It's idyllic. It requires no other explanation is required right. or desired. And that's where the rest of philosophy has gotten into trouble, trying to give it extra justification that it didn't never needed to begin with. Right, because why, good is good. What it's, more do you need? Why do I need to overemphasize what you don't. it is? It <laughs> we, is. we don't need right. to um, give it a personality. We don't yeah. need to give it a causal story. We don't need to pray to it. We don't need to do any of those things. Right? You can if you want, but that's not what yeah. we're talking about, right? Right. It's it's. Why do we do what's good? Because it's good. Why do we avoid what's bad? Uh, because it's bad. <laughs> and then and then you said, but then you said, well, what if what if our goods conflict? Well, then our goods conflict. But th- that's not that's not our showstopper. Yeah, because at least we're on the same camp of seeking good, right? Well, I mean, that's right. that's the point. It's it's so in the journey, it not the destination. Here, we yeah. we always if we're striving for that all the time, we can and we're not reverting. We're okay. We're still working towards it, and exactly. that's the way we should and so, be doing. It. 
just so so this is going to round out our conversation in a very weird way so you're some kind of you know one is some kind of psychopath who needs to punch other people well that's what the ufc exists for right? so, <laughs> so that's why you go into martial arts and you go into the ufc so you can legally punch other people who have consented and not, not that consent magically makes it okay but consent sure. tells us that i've i've considered what my end good is and this is not completely detrimental to it so let's get it on boom boom let's fight Right. Fine. I'm all about consent, by the way. If someone's totally okay with it, that's their personal choice. I'm I'm all about personal choice. I mean, assuming that they're not lying to themselves or something like that. Yes. Well, I, sure. I, yeah, I, assuming I, that. You know, assuming that. I mean, not being manipulated to think a certain way or feel that they can be competitive or whatnot, but internally have that confidence. I'm good with that. Right. I mean, they have to follow the Socratic dictum of knowing thyself. They have to really know exactly. That. Making Correct. this movie at this time is a good idea, or you know, <laughs> tongue in cheek. They're, they're not going to be embarrassed about that later on. That's yeah. going to affect them later on. Think about the long term too. You know, the duration, the long term. You know, all yeah, the terms. Absolutely. Think yeah. of all the terms <laughs> really before well, you do anything. The good news about all that is every every sport now is being looked at that. We, uh, is looking at that. You know, with CTE and all these other issues. You know, soccer with just heading a ball all yeah. the number of concussions and CT that they're finding in uh, soccer players and whatnot. So well, or when they look back in, in, this, in Europe, you know, yeah, it's okay. Well, when they okay. look back at our age in history, they're going to wonder what the hell we thought we were doing. <laughs> well, I think gladiators were a little more, more devastating. I mean, let's throw people to the lions, right? <laughs> that was a little different than hard, two guys strapped on helmets. Only in degree. Yeah. All in degree for sure. Absolutely. Not in, not in kind. Harm is harm. No, no. I mean, but in a, in a weird weak, way, weak little monsters afraid to hurt people in a in a real way <laughs> are just as bad as monsters who have some balls. That's, that's true. That's true. Monst- monsters but, are monsters. Yeah, I mean, zombies, sports is a way to get zombies. that tribalism out, though. You know, and like little pressure relief valves. You know what I mean? It's a it's a good way to kind of just lose yourself, and then not for me per se, but a lot of people love their team, right? My team. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, so there's, that, there's that there's that tribalism again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, if I may, I wanted to shift gears just a little bit because uh, we talked about the shadow banning part. I lost track of net neutrality. I know that it was removed or accepted, whatever the one is that was not good, per se, to put a judgment on it. Are you familiar with the net neutrality uh, rulings that we had? I, I am uh, anecdotally, and the way I would sum it up yeah. very quickly. Yeah, please, because you, you have a little more experience than I do about these types of, of things. It's nothing but rhetoric. It's nothing but propaganda t- for the rich to also get more of a cut. Certain companies are just trying to argue for more of a cut on bandwidth. They realize that the traffic flowing through the internet is and will, will be for the rest of our, 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 our species' lives until we're living, five of us, in some kind of post-apocalyptic town. Is the most expensive commodity. It is the most lucrative commodity. It yes. was coal. It was wood. It was coal. It was it was swords. It was oil. Now it's sure. data, and that's just mm-hmm. net neutrality is nothing but a bunch of rhetorical garbage hiding the fact that some internet service providers are now trying to get their cut the way the way, the way they saw Fang doing it. Yeah, it's, it's, feet, it's so it's wholly feet. disgusting to me. It's just ah, and then no one, you know, it's it's one thing about it is. It's the sheer curiosities. I want to see what's behind things and that many people to your point, aren't at that level where they're willing to look behind because they're very happy with their distracted lives. And you know, that new thing that just arrived at their door. Yeah. Um, you and, know, it makes you know, it really that, challenging to get out of that, to be shaken out of that. 
not not everybody needs to be social justice warriors. Not everybody needs to. Oh, no. Everybody needs to fight for their rights and fight for their lives. Every generation needs to do that to some degree. But if 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 my job is done correctly as 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 a philosopher, uh, uh, if my job is done correctly, it, it should self correct and, and they'll never even know. Okay. Uh, all we need to do is get everyone oriented towards the good. And yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, then how do you do that, Josh? Well, that's, there's, there's the problem. Well, that's, there's a rub, right? So, so let's go, let's get to know you a little bit about how, how did you even get to this mindset? Were you, did you grow up feeling this way always and just decided, you know, obviously SEO paid the bills, right? But I mean, I know you took philosophy as a, as a course or as, as your, that's your uh, degree, correct? Sure. Yes. So how did, how did you get to even starting the philosophical kind of route or track. Uh, how long do you want me to talk about that? <laughs> I, I want you to talk about it as long as you can, because that's, that interests me as, because that's you as a human mm. and the more people that hear you. And that's my goal is to bring people to realize that we're all people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So we can connect. So the more I know, or the more that you share about yourself, the more people can hear. I am, you know, I'm all about people sharing, you know, how they got to where they got. It's very interesting to me. Sure. Okay. Well, um, so I'll try to keep it as short as possible. I've always thought about philosophy. I've always felt that I was born of a different, uh, uh, that I didn't, that I didn't fit in. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. Even as a young child, I could, I could parse the logic of arguments even before I understood English fully. I have a distinct memory of being on a bus in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where I grew up, the number 60 Pamela bus heading northward into downtown, just rounding out past the, the legislative building, uh, heading towards the bay. Any Winnipeggers will know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. That's why I know. That's why you shared that. So, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, there was some guy yammering off at my grandma who was taking me downtown. And I could tell what he said made no sense. To the degree that I understood English words, I realized that he had just contradicted himself. He'd said A and not A simultaneously. And, and I realized mm. that I looked around, I realized I'm the only human being who realized that here. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized what my life was going to be for the rest of it. That I was going to be alone. I was going to be separate. I was going to be different. That was going to cause problems. Because people who are different never, well, quite frankly, they don't fit in. No uh, they, shit. And they never have any easy path. And I, and so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I knew from that moment I was in for some trouble. And then I thought, well, I have to fix this. You know, I need to, I, I'm curious. I need to understand these concepts. I need to understand why this is the way it is. It's so simple. Why can't other people see this? And so always growing up. Now, sadly, I was emotionally and physically abused as a child. This developed uh, through high school, uh, being bullied through high school into clinical anxiety and depression, uh, diagnosed clinical anxiety and depression. I'm not just one of these people who says they have anxiety and depression. I've been clinically diagnosed with anxiety. And depression. I'm very familiar. It's, it sounds like I'm reading my story. So go ahead. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, I hear you, brother. I, I, diagnosis. Uh, I come from a German family. My, my parents are both German. So we, we don't diagnose. We just, we just put our head down and keep moving forward, but go ahead. <laughs> right. Right. 
Uh, and so, uh, and so that's another reason why, of course, I've developed meditation because I needed it to try to cope with my anxiety, my anxiety disorder. So do you have an app or anything? Do you have a, you mentioned some, a YouTube channel. Can you say, can you mention that again? And we'll mention it at the end of the show, just so everyone can look it up. Yeah. So the, the, I'm putting in the chat as well for you there. It's block oh, meditation is the YouTube meditation on YouTube and app.meditationassistant.com. Again, that's okay. app.meditationassistant. Uh, no, no periods, no, no dashes, no spaces app.meditationassistant.com uh it's something i'll put it for you as well great so, great uh the app is completely free the meditation assistant is right at now at this time totally free and if i ever do charge for it in the future i don't know when you'll hear this how many years out from when we're making it if i ever do charge for it in the future let me tell you what the payment model is going to be if you use it in a 24 hour every 24 hours if you use it it'll be free every 24 hours you don't use it i'll charge you 44 cents on paypal Love it. That is the, that is such a great incentive based type. Right. Because I'm not trying to get rich doing this. I'm right. We're trying to change minds. We're trying to change the ideas of people or not even change their ideas. We're trying to open their eyes. So they see the truth. That's the funny thing about this is so many people are trying to convince people to see something. I'm just asking people to open their eyes and see for themselves. Pushing them into another direction, the opposite direction, doesn't get them to. They're just going to drag their feet. It doesn't fix the thing. You have to open that. I I, I would agree entirely. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, anyway, so so back to the meditation. So meditation has helped you with your clinical depression. Definitely has helped with the anxiety and clinical depression. I've I've uh, discovered numerous brain hacks. Uh, so growing up, I've always been curious. Always had this angst. Always, you know, never fit in. Uh, uh, never, never understood why I was being bullied or punished in these ways, you know? And, and, uh, so I, I, I'm sure you were, uh, I tried to recourse to philosophy, uh, you know, but, but sadly the, the, uh, the, the, the abused becomes the abuser. And so I noticed these tendencies in myself of being abusive were not good. Uh, and so I needed to crush that because I wanted to be the last person in the line. And I realized the only reason why those people who were abusing me were because they in turn were abused themselves. They told me stories about what their fathers and mothers did to them right. and so on and so forth. And I realized this chain of abuse comes from one original terrible sin, Cain and Abel, maybe, who knows? And it goes down through history until someone eats it, swallows it and stops it. And I, I have dedicated myself to, to being that person not only for me, but for the world, for everybody else. Yeah. And it is a cycle for a reason. I mean, it comes back around. Right. Um, I'll probably share offline with you some stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with what you're talking about. I mean, trauma is so powerful as an impression on a child um, that it just, it can shape them for without, if it's not addressed, it certainly can shape them. Even if it is addressed, I think it shapes Well, them. yeah, even then, yeah, for sure it shapes them, but at least they can consciously work on that constantly, you know. We're talking right. about just a, can, on an instinctual level. Right. It's nasty. <laughs> they can come, of course, of course, and they can come, yeah. but hopefully they can come to terms with, with that abuse or, or trauma, for lack of a better way of putting it. Sure. Uh, and, and, and make it part of their story, but not make it the, the focus, the star of their story. Exactly. So you started meditation at what age? I mean, were you? 
Well, if meditation, in, if we mean that in the Western sense of contemplation, I started from my earliest age, from the youngest, my earliest memories that I could possibly imagine. Right. But uh, when did you use a tool to help you with the challenges that you faced as you were growing up? With the so, depression and things like that. Not until much later. So of course, yeah. uh, it's funny. You know, it's funny how it's funny how we learn things as we get older. It's crazy, right? Well, yeah, and that's that's the problem. Is and of course everyone says, you know, if, if youth I is waste knew, of the young. If yes, if I only knew then what I know now, you know, I'm right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay it forward to the next me, the next Josh, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. Youth is wasted days. on the young. That's really it. Now, may I ask you this as an aside, because we'll take a little tangent here. You just mentioned that you want to have that for the next generation. Do you have a f- personal philosophy of karma or anything like that or living multiple lives to get it right? Or do you have one life? I'm just curious where you stand. Not I, I love to hear where people come from on those types of uh, thoughts. Well, I, I do. Um, uh I understand reincarnation. So let me, let me explain what that, that explain what that means to you. Right. Cause everyone has slightly different. I'll, I'll explain what it means. I'll explain what it means. Please. Period. Uh, uh, objectively. Oh, but I that's I what I want. Please. I don't believe in reincarnation. I don't have faith in reincarnation. I understand informational incarnations. So let, okay. me, let, me, let me put it this way. You're familiar with the song painted black by the Rolling Stones. Sure. So, when Pearl Jam does a cover of Paint It Black, and it doesn't really sound very much like the original cover, is it still Paint It Black? They named That's it a good Painted, question. Painted Black, right. but they changed right. the arrangement. They Pearl Jamified it. Right. Right. It doesn't sound at all like the original. Right. Uh, they have the to original. call it a cover, I'm assuming, for some kind of copyright infringement or something like that, possibly. But yes, on its, on its face, it is a different entity. And so the very fact there that, well, it wasn't so different. The arrangement was different. Right, right. But, I see what you're, I, but it was notes, different. Is, is yeah, yeah. Point, right? I'll, I'll explain. The notes made the right moves in the right keys and the right relations to still have the melody of Painted Black. Right. And that's informationality. Uh, that musicality is informationality. It's nothing but math when it comes down to it. It's like the blueprint. Yes, the blueprint. The floor the plan, right? The, yeah, the, the, absolutely. You can, you can write it out in musical notation. Yeah, the floor plan. I get you. So, so everyone is a secret Platonist and they don't realize it. Um, uh, uh, Otherwise, if, if you weren't a secret Platonist, you would literally say that no song is ever the same song because it's never sung in exactly the same pitch. There's always some differences. It's never sung in the exact same meter. There's always some differences. It's not, it's not sung. It's not done in the same way, the same place at the same time. Even recordings uh, fade over time and are not perfect replicas of the original. Oh, absolutely. I've how many times have uh, you know the Righteous Brothers uh, recorded uh, Unchained Melody, you know, right. with different things, and it's different version every time. Right. If you listen closely enough, you put it into a computer. The computer would say, "No, this is point zero 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 two percent off, or whatever it is." For sure, because so, the intent of the song is the same, right? The well, uh, the feel, whatever you would call it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I say it like intention, but you know what I mean. That that's what it's designed to do is to be similar. It's well, not exactly. going to be. It's, but it's, it's the information. Yeah, it's the informationality of the song. That's the same. Right. It's the it's the relationship of the pattern of notes of what they need to do to make the melody. Exactly. Yeah. That's why that song is that song and not. That's a totally different information. Informationality. Totally different yeah. song. 
And so mm-hmm. everyone is a secret Platonist when they, because they believe in the forms, they believe in the ideas, they believe in the informationality right. of paint it black, that uh, the muse, to be fully Greek, the muse whispered into the Rolling Stones' ears, and then they made an incarnation of it. And right. that's all we are. We are incar- incarnations of informationality. Uh, we are uh, a personality that can be represented informationally, just like music can in, in four dimensions, right? Or, or in time, or, or in a linear dimension over time that, that, that learns, that grows, that, and then, then, then recedes. Uh, and the same kind of person would laugh at the same kind of, there's no reason why there can't be multiple me's who have the exact same personality that find the exact same things interesting, that think the exact same things, that laugh at the exact same jokes. That's the same person. Whether it's in a female body or a male body, whether it's 10,000 years ago or 80 billion years in a different universe in the future, that's Josh, quote unquote, right? Right. And that's the doppelganger effect, right? I mean, we all have doppelgangers in a way. Yeah. And I don't even mean physically, right? Right. No, no. But I mean, you've, I've got, I've got more. entirely possible too. I've got more personality doppelgangers than, than, uh than probably physical doppelgangers. You know what I mean? Cause we, right. cause we can grow our hair out or we could do a lot of things to ourselves. Whereas, you know, the person, the personality that tends to be, you know, not changing. So when I say I, 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 I understand informational incarnations or I understand reincarnation, I understand that it's entirely possible if not likely looking at history, that there have been various persons that uh, have these attributes that are all trying to save the, the same, solve the same problems or have the same personality. And so when I say I'm trying to pay it forward, I'm literally working on a new book and I think I'm going to call it Manual for Reincarnation. And it's literally going to be an apology letter to my next self uh, that I didn't get far enough. In, so why in did I ask you about reincarnation when you were going to call it a Manual for Reincarnation and we've never talked about it? Well, do you find that a little interesting? <laughs> I'm going to well, tell you there's, what. I'm, there's lots of interesting <laughs> stuff to talk about. I, I could, no. I could, I could talk for hours and hours about stuff. And, and when you talk Me about uh, reincarnation, it gets a little hokey, sadly, because it's been debased by some very bad ideas about it. And this is again part of all my all, all the meditation that I do that I teach uh, is that uh, this is how informationality works. That's that's originally what was meant when you when you're enlightened. You, you understand this, you understand you Plato wasn't trying to make a realm of the forms, quote unquote, that in itself is the bad translation and the bad understanding. He was just explaining information, uh, uh, his theory of informationality, that information is information. It's not this physical stuff. That's it. There's nothing more surprising than that. We don't need to get all bent out of shape in philosophy. One one class that Plato talked about forms. We all have them. The uni- unicorns are real. <laughs> You know, unicorns are completely real. You know what they are? They're really an imaginary thing that we imagine. That's a real thing. Well, yeah. I mean, well, when you talk about what's the fastest thing on earth, right? It's not the speed of light. It's imagination. I mean, if you, with a thought, you can put yourself on the surface of the moon, right? Sure. Uh, sure. Or on the surface of the sun. What's quicker than eight and a half minutes? I mean, thought is everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is. Well, not everything, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that, that. Thought, uh, thoughts are just as real. Uh, it, concepts are just as real. Two plus two equals four is real. The two plus two really equals four. That's not a lie. That's not, that's not a trick. That's right. not physical either. Just because the phys- physical reality, just because physical reality abounds, doesn't mean it exhausts what we can say is real. And that's, and, and, and some people might be freaking out by that statement. And it's a, it's a one, it's a no brainer. And two, who cares? It, it does, it's not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. 
it just gets to it just gets in people get their 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 knickers into a bunch to to use the phrase because they think that means you can infer something from it like like there's a divinity that was going to make us do this or or that that we have to believe in spooky th- we don't have to believe in any spooky things it has nothing to do with that and plato plato was just trying to honor his teacher socrates who spoke in a very strange way and who they put to death and who i'm sure he was grieving and put socrates in in his books to honor him and 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 modeled the way socrates talked about it but but those do not translate into english very well yeah so well, con- some concepts are very hard to put into any kind of language i mean language is kind of a barrier in a lot of ways it it keeps you from complete understanding right because we start using labels and we start using definitions and some things are bigger than the definition that they are right yeah metaphors are even worse right yes yeah absolutely so yeah i mean that's really interesting that um you have that though so it's called so the back to the the new book that you're talking about writing you said manual for reincarnation is that correct that's the working title uh so you start from that kid who was always thinking, hey, why am I different than everybody else? Yeah. And then through the abuse and through the life and through the joy, and I've married to a lo- lovely woman. You know, there's been plenty of joy in my life as well, of course. Through to fast forward to just uh, December 23rd of just a few months ago, my mother passes away from uh, uh, leukemia and she performs doctor-assisted suicide because it's too painful. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you for that. Um, but I'm saying this because this is where the culmination of all my philosophy and meditation really is finally realized because I'm able to use the meditative techniques I've learned to to dial down emotion and I'm able to be there with her by her bedside and watch her pass. And that is kind of the culmination of, of, the, of the story. And I wrote for her uh, a, a kind of poem about reincarnation to try to cheer her up knowing that she'd never understand it <laughs> and that is it, the best I could do uh she was one of the very people who abused me but I was trying to try to I'm trying to fix it right yeah. so you asked what is the journey like for for someone like that that's that's the journey is in that either you you become this terrible abuser or you become redeemed through the good Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I there are only that. two directions you can go on that one. Trust me. I, I've, I know both. Yes. And so I, I chose the good. And so now I'm trying awesome. to pay it forward. Now I'm trying to write a manual. I, but I'd see, I, how do you get the message out? I don't know. I'm appearing on podcasts, very gracious, awesome podcast owners, such as yourself, have me on and we talk. Will I be able to get the message out? Uh, I'm not sure. It's, it's a tiny little me- esoteric message in a big convoluted controlled by the rich world. It's so very I, hard. I don't know if I'll be able to get it out. And so I was, I'm really considering writing this book manual for reincarnation for the next me where I, I don't want to lose everything I've lost because the next me just might not be in the right circumstances to come up with all this on their own. Right. Well, that's the thing is you have to move the boulder a little bit further down the road, right? Let's that's what every civilization should do or people should do. That's, that's going to be my attempt. Yeah. Well, you know what? You've already succeeded because you're putting the effort in. Failure is not in what the result is. It's in, in the effort. No, so you, you're absolutely kudos. correct. You're absolutely correct. All we can do is seek the good goodly. Uh, the results are in some way irrelevant to seeking the good goodly. All I can do is, is 
learn the the correct ethics and follow them, the perfect ethics and follow them. I, I don't have to be perfect. My ethics are perfect. They are without flaw. I'm I'm perfecting. I'm perfecting perfectly. That's the best you can do. I think you're yeah. absolutely right. It is in the effort. It is in the effort, not the result. I mean, as long as we try to do it, because some people can do it better than others at this point, you know, that's just unfortunate. It's just how it is. But if we all try, we're good. (laughs) Well, this has been very interesting and we're like right in an hour and a half. This is probably perfect time to put a pin in it, but I'd love to have a future conversation with you um, when you release that. And I'm happy to post everything. Is there anything else you want to share about yourself before we go and feel free to expound on anything I've got all afternoon. So, <laughs> well, uh, every time I do one of these interviews, uh, uh I've been teasing everyone with meditation. Uh, but I, I'd like to offer if you're interested in actual meditative uh, technique, uh, that I think will help people. Uh, I could do a quick meditation lesson. If, Absolutely. If you have five I've, more minutes. I am all for it. We're going to do a meditation on the air. Yeah, right now. And anyone listening, Love can, it. of course, join in. Please do join in. Everyone, uh, please join in because this is going to be awesome. Uh, well, I hope so. Uh, let's let's see. So uh, uh, we've talked about the concepts a lot and my history. So let's get to some actual of the hacks that I've learned. And this one comes from the Buddhist tradition. And some brilliant Buddhist in the last 5,000 years over there in the East thought of it. And uh, it's called traditionally spin the clouds. But I like calling it shred the clouds. Uh, and uh, when I'm finished the lesson, you'll know why. But traditionally, it was taught to me the name was Spin the Clouds, uh, okay. in case you're looking for the historical relevance or anyone else who, uh, any other Buddhists who know about it. So it's a, it's this kind of a lesson where you need to sit up straight, you need to breathe a little bit, you need to relax, you just need to kind of focus yourself. And uh, it's another one of these beautiful lessons that there is no wrong answer. You cannot get this wrong. I guarantee you'll get it right. All you have to do is try, just as, just as Mark said. This is one of those things where you can't get it wrong. So just don't worry about it at all. It's, it's going to be so cool and interesting and different, I think, and unique. Uh, I think you're going to love it. So the first step is just, again, getting relaxed. And I just want you to become cognizant of everything you're feeling right now. Wherever you're feeling it in your body, whatever you are feeling, I just want you to get a little bit more cognizant of what you're feeling and where you're feeling it. So I'm feeling kind of a a soreness in my limbs because of this stupid coronavirus. I'm feeling a little weight in my chest, again, because of the coronavirus and infected my lungs. And I'm feeling all my emotions right now. I'm feeling feeling nervous excitement for being able to talk about philosophy and meditation. And I thank you again, Mark, for giving me the opportunity to do so. And whatever you're feeling, it may be the same. It could be different. There's no right or wrong there. You're feeling what you're feeling. And now I want you to become cognizant of where you're feeling it, and especially the emotions you're feeling. Now, for me, I feel all my emotions just about an inch off of my my rib cage, just an inch between my pectoral muscles. And it's like a little ball that kind of sits there. And that's where I feel my emotions. Maybe you feel them in the same place. Maybe you feel them somewhere else. It doesn't matter where you feel them. That's fine. Just be cognizant of where you feel your emotions. And just feel that for just a couple seconds. Just feel where you feel your emotions. Trace the contours of it. Feel the the texture of those emotions. Really, really kind of, don't dissect them, but just kind of feel like, how does it feel? Is it icy? Is it hot? Is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? Is it nervous? What is it? Good. Now, once you have kind of an idea of how your emotions feel and where you're feeling them, 
Here's the next step. This is an interesting one. I'm going to ask you a question. And it's, a, it's just a gut answer of blah. Which way are your emotions moving, if at all? Are your emotions moving at all? Is it spinning? Is it is it misting like like smoke? Is it pulsating? Is it turning in and, in and on itself like a Mobius strip? How are your emotions moving? How do you feel that it's moving? And if you're like Josh, that it's not really moving at all. Okay, I want you to imagine uh, movement. I want you to feel slash imagine some movement for your emotions. If you don't know what to do, just twist it counterclockwise. Just spin it like a top. Spin those emotions like a hurricane spins or like a top spins or like even like a, like a Milky Way galaxy will spin. And you can feel it and picture it and imagine it all at the same time. Feel it spinning. Feel it moving the way it's moving. And really get a good feeling of that, that motion that feeling of that feeling of motion, whatever it is. And again, there's no wrong answer. However it's moving is how it's moving for you. That's fine. All right. Now, once you have feel which direction it's moving, now I want you to do something very interesting. I want you to break it. I want you to stop it from moving in that direction. I want you to either consciously imagine it moving in a different direction, but more, I want you to feel it moving in the opposite direction. And I want you to feel it moving in the opposite direction again. And then I want you to feel it moving in the opposite direction again. And you start slowly tearing apart and shredding and blocking the emotion, the way it's moving. And you just keep blocking it and shredding it from moving in that direction. You, see, you start shredding it from moving in any direction until you're shredding it into pieces. You're shredding it into, into smoke, into smaller bits. Now in Bach meditation, I just yawned and that's a signal that the process is working. Uh, yawning is a calming signal in mammals. Uh, yep. and, and in a psychic realm, it's also releasing energy and whatnot. I'm very familiar with the yawn yes, breath play, yes. right? Yes, exactly. That's exactly correct. And so if you're able to do this until you settle down and yawn, that is an indication that things are definitely going very, very well. But that, uh, you don't feel bad if you didn't yawn. You need to practice this, this method of shred the cloud. So whenever you feel your emotions and feel them moving in a certain way, you can break it. You can even use your hands too if you want, like you're kneading dough or you're tearing dough apart. You can break it. You can move it. You can change it. You can change the, the direction of it. And I really want you to feel the direction of it changing. Mm -hmm. And I, I will attest to this. I was doing it the the, with you and uh i had a little nervousness in my in my gut but the shredding technique really did it just kind of subsided almost like a drain it almost went down like a drain down a pipe or something yeah, it's really yeah, interesting it, it, it was is. a very it was an it was noticeable for sure it's it's fascinating that some the some, mind is powerful the mind is an amazing thing yeah, this up, uh within the last five thousand years so that's that's Absolutely. the first lesson that's called shred the cloud of course that plus 30 other things might help you if you have uh anxiety or depression, whether, whether clinical or not. This is what I use to control mine. Um, I'm on no other medication or therapy other than this uh, currently. Uh, not that I'm suggesting you should get off your medication or therapy. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. Do not stop stuff. cold turkey, people. Do, do not. not. Stop, yeah. Do not will, stop anything. Yeah. But uh, Consult continue. your medical professionals, please. Indeed. Please continue with your, your current regimen. <laughs> but, uh, and speak with your doctors, but... 
it, whether you're clinical or not, this has helped multiple people. It will help you. And you can find more on YouTube at Bach Meditation, or you can go to app.meditationassistant.com for all the other brain hacks I found both in the West and in the East. So you can uh, achieve enlightenment and feel joy and happiness and calmness and be at your peak performance as well. Well, thank you, Josh, for being on. I'm grateful. You are actually my first guest, my friend. So thank you for, for doing that. I, I hope I, I, I set a good standard. <laughs> I, uh, Absolutely. I, I appreciate it, Mark. I, you know, of course I could, ever since I was a kid, I could talk about this for hours. So anytime you want to talk about it, just let me know. The goal for this is always to get people who don't know another person to get to know them. And for me to get a better understanding, because I don't have every answer. I have an answer for me, but I'm sure three or four things have changed just in the conversation with you. So thank you again for being on. Once again, it's Josh is it Bachinsky or Bashinsky? Uh, both is fine. <laughs> okay. So the hard, the hard CH or the soft SH is fine. Uh, well, technically it's Polish. So it's Bajinski. Technically. Bajinski. Okay. Ab- absolutely. Josh Bajinski. I, I respect, Canadian, uh, I respect so, that. <laughs> I'm Canadian. So any pronunciation that that's vaguely correct is good enough. So it's Josh Bajinski. A is, is what it is then in Canadian. Sure. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, thanks, Josh, for being on again. Once again, it's Bach Meditation on YouTube, and uh, the website is app, A-P-P, dot meditation assistant, all one word, dot com. Is that correct, Josh? That's correct. Thank you again. Uh, I will look forward to talking to you again. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I've got a number of guests lined up, but once I kind of circle around, maybe in a little time, we'll come back together and see how we're doing. My pleasure, Mark. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Talk to you again. Take care. Once again, that was Josh Buczynski. This is Knocked Conscious with Mark Poles. I'm Mark. You can catch me at knockconscious.com. Feel free to email me at info at knockconscious.com. At KnockedCon is my Twitter account. My Instagram and my Facebook are at KnockedConscious. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you have a great day. Uh-huh.